it's it's a trick that I heard that I've actually tried last year. Mm. They say that if you if you pay your bill fifteen days before the date and mm-hmm. then three days before the date, it's like mm-hmm. you made two payments and it it works. Like my credit score is, is crazy. Is that a hack? So technically yes that's accurate um but all you're doing actually so if you go on a site like credit karma right and they say that your bill is due the 16th if you pay your bill like five days before in full it'll do the same thing okay so so you don't have to split it up into two payments as if okay yeah because it says something like yeah your you know your bank or whatever will see it as two payments Okay. (laughs) Just pay if you make the same payment just five days before, because you're you're looking to make the payment before it hits the credit bureau. Mm -hmm. Um, So as long as you do it before the date that it says updated Mm -hmm. to the credit bureau, it's going to do the same thing. It's the new year. Season two. It's another episode of We Are The Ones podcast. (laughs) The podcast where we have extraordinary conversations with extraordinary people doing doing extraordinary things. things. We are back with another season of the podcast. How's everything going? I'm excited. I'm good. I'm excited for season two, especially because, you know, we're changing some things up a little bit. Yeah. So... I'm excited about this one. Yeah, this yeah, is going to yeah. be uh, it's going to be an exciting season. We have some phenomenal guests lined up for we do, with some great to kick topics. off the season. My Man, goodness. it's going to be so much value that's going to yes, be added is. on this next season. Yes, it is. Man, I, I wish I could tell them like just who we have coming, <laughs> things that we got planned. I mean, because I mean, like we're, we're stepping it up. We're stepping it we up. We are, but I think I think we could give them a little bit of what type of value we'll be adding, though. Just, like, just give them a little bit. Give, I them, mean, give them topics. Give them some things. Oh, uh, man. You know, we're going to start today with, you know, trying to get people credit scores right. You know hey, what I mean? So, that's important. So, I mean, we can that's, just leave it right important. there. Because <laughs> a lot of y'all out here, y'all, y'all's credit scores look a little struggly out here. You know, so. That's um, all right. But listen, I'm, I'm, right. I am not judging. Because at one okay. point, my credit okay. score was struggling as I well. I mean, my goodness. But it. you know what happened when my credit score was struggling? I reached out to our guests. You did. I reached out to our guests yes, and I got, my, I got my life together. You know, so <laughs> Praise God, she got you together. She got me right. She got me super right. And now, I mean, you know. You good to go. Good now to you go. in the money now. Yeah, I'm good to go. Right now, you know. But it wasn't the start. And I'm going to talk about that, too, because I, I really had to, um, at that point, I had to swallow my pride. And buckle know? down a little bit. I had yeah. to swallow my pride yeah. because uh, my guests and I, we've known each other for a long time, you know. And I was just like, man, I don't know. I just feel so embarrassed going to her <laughs> with my 500 credit score. You Isn't know that mean? crazy, though, like to feel embarrassed with the person who could help you, though? I know. You know? And I knew she because I knew she had a track record yeah. of just like, really getting people right and getting people together. And I was just like, I just don't want to let her know how bad. you to be one of those ones who got to get it together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, it was at a time. And again, wait, we'll, we'll get into that. We will get into that shortly, you know, because I really want to talk about how she helped me okay. get to where I am in Absolutely. my life right now because Absolutely. she definitely helped get me right. But I'm super excited to have one of my good friends. Uh, me and her go, we go back. Mm-hmm. We work together. Uh, it was a job. I, I literally lasted at this job for about 24 hours. <laughs> I think you told me about I that did. one. <laughs> I lasted for like 24 hours. It was like a little education nonprofit. Yep. 
And yep, you told me about that one. Mm-hmm. These kids were so bad. I was, and I wasn't that far removed from them. You know what I mean? So I was just like, That's why I'm like I feel you like I'm a, relate to. Nah, no, I feel like okay. I was about to duff on those kids. You know, and I was like, before I put the pause on, on these kids, remove yourself. Let me just remove myself. Remove yourself. You know, so, um, and I kind of felt embarrassed because I like, I was like, man, like. You know, I had just met her, and I was like, I don't feel, I want to feel like I'm letting this sister down. You yeah, know what I mean? But, yeah. but I'm like, you know what? You got to do what's best for you, though. I had to do yeah, it yeah, because yeah. I'm telling you. You got to remove yourself. Because those kids, <laughs> them <laughs> kids, man, oh, man. But uh, since then, we have grown to um, develop an amazing relationship with each other. Uh, she has been an, an accountability partner for me. Um, she's been just someone who I can rely on just to talk to about business, about finance, about, about life. You know, she not only, it's not a transactional type relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a personal relationship that I have with her. Um, and it's refreshing to have someone who did, you know, that you can trust and you can, you can completely let your guard down around. Right. right? So, right. Um, so I'm like super excited and I've been trying to do that. I've tried, I've tried to get this girl on this podcast for a minute. No, I mean, we She's had to busy switch for things us, man. up a little bit for we this one. Switch out, we had to Jamil switch was our like, whole can you up. do this day? I'm like, well, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to switch the whole thing up just to get her on. But listen, I'm just excited that we, we are able to get her on. Absolutely. Um, she has an amazing story, an amazing story, um, just from triumph to uh, trials, tribulations, everything. You know, and we're gonna get into all of that. But I'm super excited to have my friend, Miss Ruth Alyssa. Ruth, what's going on, Ruth? Thank How you, you for doing? having me. Yes. Nah, thank you. Accommodating my schedule. Uh, yeah, <laughs> your crazy schedule. <laughs> it's, it's always the sitter situation. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Nah, it's all good. You know, I, I knew at some point we were gonna make it happen. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, was trying to move hell and hot water to make this thing happen. Yep. Because yep. honestly, I just knew you coming on to the podcast. Uh, one, you'll be able to tell this this amazing story that you have, right? But also, too, you know, really start to get people right, you know. And I'll get in kind of a little bit what I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier. Uh, back in, I want to say like 2015, 2016, you know, I had left my job for a bit and I decided I was going to go full-time entrepreneurship. Was not ready for it whatsoever. <laughs> I was absolutely not ready for it. Um, the job that I had at the time, I just knew I couldn't be there anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, it was just a, this not the most ideal situation. And so I left. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try my hand at this entrepreneurship thing. Oh, boy, did I struggle. Did I struggle. And, you know, at the, mo- at the time, I had, like, car note, all that type of stuff. Oh, and I was missing payments every month. Every month. And, you know, you miss a car, car note payment. Oh, they coming to get that. Oh, they coming to get They you. coming to get that. And, they, and they, <laughs> that credit score is, t- one payment, that credit score is taking a hit. Yep. Yes. You know what I mean? Seriously. So, yeah. uh, so at the, mm-hmm. at the time, you know, I, I had always struggled with finance and getting my credit right and things like that. And I'm just like, at some point, something has to change. I just yeah. didn't know what. I knew she had this amazing business where she was, again, she was just helping everybody get their, get their lives together. And I was just so embarrassed to go see her because I'm just like, she's my friend. You know, I don't want my friend to know that my yeah. credit score is like a little bit below 500 right now, you know? And, but I was like, you know what, Jamil? Swallow your pride. Mm -hmm. Just go get yourself right. Cause she always had this thing in all of her posts. She would put like no No judgment, no, no judgment zone. Okay. And I was like, you know what? 
If yeah. she judge me, we're going we gonna to fight. We're going to fight if she judge me. You know, so, but I went, I, I traveled to her, so I traveled to Rochester to go see her. I remember, I remember the day I had a meeting in her office, and she was telling me everything that I need to do. Right? Wow. And, and, and it, was, it wasn't nothing, it wasn't nothing like that was too crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, she, she let me know that I was actually bringing in more money than, you know, than, than I, that I knew I was bringing in. Um, so it was just the way you were spending it? Was it was the way I was spending yeah. Okay. I was spending irresponsibly yeah. at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't, I didn't even really realize it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless you, you know, sometimes you just have to have a conversation with people. Like Absolutely. That. So, um, and she was telling me like little tips and stuff that I can do. So I started implementing that stuff. And then little bit by little bit, I just saw my credit score started to go up. And then it got to a point. I didn't, I, I've yet to hit 800 yet. I got pretty close though. I got to like a 775 or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So to go from like a 440 yeah, to almost 800. To excellent. Now you have excellent credit. Excellent credit, yes. right? So, and um, Ruth is largely responsible for that, you know? Very so, good. so I Very thank good. you for helping me get yes. my life together. Thank <laughs> you for like getting his life together. <laughs> okay? Yeah, because I needed it. My <laughs> God, I needed it. But, um, but prior to, you know, Ruth getting into this business, you know, Ruth, Ruth has a story. You know, mm-hmm. she's, she's been through a lot. She's been uh, through, like, the foster care system um, herself, growing up poor herself. You know, and even with her growing up poor, you know, realizing that's not the life that she wanted for herself. So she needed to do any and everything that she could to make sure that, you know, that wasn't going to be the life for her or for her kids. Right. So. And she has two beautiful kids, by the way. She like, does. They, they're amazing. She Absolutely does. Amazing. Look just like her. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her daughter's her twin. Like, for sure. <laughs> you know, so. I mean, both of them are, you know. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Ruth, we, want, we just want to start there. First of all, thank you again. Thank you again for joining us on the pod. So, of course. Um, we want to, you know, kind of dive a little bit into your backstory. You know, again, you, you've been through a lot, you know, uh, kind of coming up, like I said, through the foster care system and, um, you know, having, you know, parents having some issues and things like that, you know, um, but just kind of talk to where you were, you know, kind of coming up and what forced you to kind of get into this space that you're in right now. Sure. So um, I'm from Rochester, New York, so about an hour away from here. Um, And the way I grew up was a little bit different. Um, I know my mother. I lived with her from birth to three age seven and then 14 to 17. And then from that point on, I was um, pretty much an adult and have lived by myself. Um, So those in-between years, I was in foster care. I was in eight different homes between temporary foster care, um, actual foster care, and then um, some kinship care situations. Mm -hmm. So um, in those eight different homes, the way that I always tie it to this business is when you're in eight different homes, you see people wash dishes eight different ways, make their bed eight different ways, manage their finances eight different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, being in those situations, you're able to really adapt and understand that people just do things differently, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Um, So um, the way that we're brought up and just taught to do something as little as just washing a dish, you know, um, that can really separate you from somebody who may have a dishwasher, right? Absolutely. Um, it's the same thing with finances. So um, I have one family who they would just pile their mail on the table and never open it, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been able to discover in the eight years that I've been doing this now that 
when you don't open your mail, it's actually directly ties to your credit score, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember the situation of one person like constantly just piling their mail up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where another family, they would talk about finances with their children at a very young age. So um, just seeing all these different scenarios, I was actually able to kind of pick and choose, hey, I like this from this family, I like this from this family, and then this is how I want to raise uh, my family. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's also how I kind of put together my business. So the, uh, the hashtag non-judgment zone, it's, it's really from like my heart because I've seen it in eight different families. Right. And so any situation that somebody comes up to me and tells me, like with your situation, you're like, you know, I don't, I don't want you to tell you. I'm like, Jamil, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> and being, you know, when once I saw your stuff, I was like, this isn't, it's not that bad, mm -hmm. you know? And I can just help people kind of relax and, um, but it all stems from, from the childhood. Yeah. What's the thing that shocks you the most about finances, especially when it comes to black households? What's, what's some of the shocking things that you find out or that you have seen? Do you, <laughs> so there are certain things that I just won't say, but um, the financial abuse that exists between partners and between parents and children. Mm. Um, I think that's probably been the most concerning um, so seeing people, um, abuse each other financially, whether it's like a, a gold digger type of relationship where, you know, they're clearly just with the, the, their partner, um, for something or, um, the opposite could be where, um, they don't like the fact that their partner may be making more or may actually be, um, kind of coming up in the world. And so when the person comes in, I'm like, you realize your partner's kind of, you know, trying to demean you and put you in a certain box so that you're not getting these new opportunities to make more money. Um, so those have probably been the most shocking uh, as far as the relationship piece. And then with the, the family piece, um, parents coming in and saying that they just feel the need to spend this amount of money on items that aren't really valuable for their children to make up for the other parent not being there. Mm. Um, and wow. so... Yeah, that one, um, and I, I was never really like that with my kids. Um, and, and granted, you know, I'm in a, a co-parenting situation, but I, I do have like the bulk of the responsibility. Um, but I never felt the need to um, buy them more because we have a co-parenting situation. Where actually, other, me, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off. Because I just want to kind of, you know, pause right there for a second because I've heard the opposite before, like where people would, you know, try to overcompensate for their kids mm -hmm. because it was something that, you know, it was lifestyles that they necessarily didn't have right, coming out, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that not, I, I've never well. really heard it from where it's just like, just because one parent being there. Yeah. So, yeah. so both situations are common, right? Okay. Um, but I think just from my experience, the one that I've heard more of is, wow. well, their father's not in the picture or their mom passed away, so I'm going to do whatever I can to be able to um, provide for this child. And um, typically what ends up happening is the kid grows up and, and becomes spoiled. Yeah. Right? And then they think that everything's just supposed to come to them naturally and it actually does the opposite of what the parent is hoping. Um, it typically does the opposite, which is now they're just used to instant gratification. Mm -hmm. um, and when they can't get it, it starts that cycle of poverty yeah. all over again. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, yeah. It, what are, what are some things that you really say to parents about this is something you absolutely need to do with your children from whatever age? Like what, what age is very essential for them to start implementing financial 
you know, skills and everything. As soon as they start to learn their numbers and just making them aware, like even when you're going to the grocery store, like, can you tell me how much the bread cost and saying it properly, right? Okay. So that can be something as little as, you know, four or five years old, right? You can start there. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say the most important thing is to be honest about your own financial mistakes and stop trying to fake the funk. Mm. Because if you continue to hide behind whatever you're struggling with financially, how in the world do you expect your children to learn anything? And a lot of us learn from other people's mistakes, right. especially um, our parents. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we could look at our mom and dad and be like, you know, like they did this amazing. I definitely want to do, you know, I just, I want to bake my sweet potato pie just like my mom did, right? And then we may say, you know, they did this one thing terrible. I want to make sure I never do that with my kids. Right. But we have yeah. to have those conversations with our children. Like, hey, here's where I messed up. Here's where I did well, and I hope that you don't make the same mistakes. Here's how you can do a lot better, mm -hmm. right? So I want to kind of try to um, intertwine your story with with your knowledge. You had an uncle mm -hmm. that basically changed things for you when it comes to your, your finances. What are some things that your uncle taught you growing up about finances? So he didn't teach me anything. It was okay. just what I saw. Okay. So um, my mother's brother... Um, I didn't know at the time when I was a child, I'm pretty sure he was a millionaire. If not, he was a millionaire a few years later. Um, and so my mother and I grew up, or I grew up very poor when I did live with my mother. Um, she, you know, was on the system. Uh, we lived in Section 8 housing when I did live with her, and it wasn't, wasn't very pretty. So um, at seven years old, I flew out to California with my mother to spend uh, a week with my uncle, and I was just like, how is this like how are we family you know like you oh, have this amazing night and day. house yeah it, was, okay. it, it really was I uh, had this amazing house and we went to all these places and so um, you know I got a taste of like the good life at seven mm. years old and I'm like well I know what I want right. yeah um, so um, it, it wasn't that he ever sat me down and taught me anything and, okay. and, and actually you know if I could be honest I kind of resented that as an adult because he had so much knowledge to offer he, and I never got any of it yeah. yeah he kept everything to himself and, and not that I ever really asked him anything about it but um, how would you know to even ask though? right right, right. Yeah. right. Um, but even when I when I got older you know we just we didn't have that type of close relationship where um, where I, I felt comfortable asking yeah. anything, mm -hmm. um, but it, it at least gave me the opportunity to see that we could live really different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I saw, you know, a wife and a husband and, you know, their two kids who are my cousins and, you know, just how they were raising their family. It wasn't just the financial piece. It was the family structure that I never really saw, you know, while growing up here. That exposure is everything. Oh, you yeah. You get exposed oh, to yeah. things like that. Seriously. Yeah. Because of my, I have a similar story. I remember when I used to live in D.C., before we moved, right before we moved to Buffalo, it was my mother and my two brothers and myself. And we lived in probably the roughest part of Washington, D.C. at the time. I mean, when I'm telling you, like, and this was at the height of the crack epidemic, mm. you know, so it was it was bad down there. And we knew that we needed to to get away. Um, and I just remember, like, sometimes coming home and, you know, drinking a spoiled evaporated milk because that's, that's mm. all that was in the house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I remember one time we were going out to, to Maryland to go see my mother's sister. Mm. And 
uh, her sister, you know, sister, you know, she got, she's paid, you know, yeah. like she, she makes some money. And I just remember going out there first on a train, on a bus, public transportation, and I'm leaning up against like this, this, this white man. It's like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. Like it was, it was bad. You know what I mean? And then getting out there and seeing how my aunt was just living large, yo. Yeah. Like she was living large out there. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, and, but that's, that's the thing that started to spark in me that I can have more than what what I'm currently right. what it's my my, out there. Yeah. my circumstances currently are. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's something more that's out there. Absolutely. So that exposure piece was like it was so critical, mm-hmm. and I and I and I thank my mother for that. You know, for you know trying to get us out from in that area, even though it was it was rough for for a long time. Yeah. You know, so but that exposure piece is everything, and I'm you know, and I'm so glad you even talked about. I'm um, asking that question about like at what point do you start exposing children to this stuff? Yeah, because I honestly like I, you know me having a son. He's very young. Obviously, he's too young to understand any of this stuff right now. But the, the very moment that he's that I think he's starting to understand these things, oh, you better believe I'm teaching him this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know because I need him to to know that you know financial literacy has to be a part of his life. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, you know I need him to be like well equipped. When it comes to all things finances, because the last thing I want is for him to ever have to experience anything that I that I remotely had to go through coming mm-hmm. up, ever. So, but you know, I I'd, I'd say still make him work a little bit. Oh, absolutely! Know? I'm not spoiling. Like, him. Yeah, no. don't don't. No, 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 no. Yeah, because I you no. see the opposite <laughs> happening. You know, when you kind of give them everything and all of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Kids can take it for granted. Like, eh, I know what to do, so I can always kind of come back to it. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, let me give you a little bit of struggle. Like, go on on your own a little bit and, yeah. and, and see what, you know, things are like. And so, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I want you to start dropping some gems. But before you do, you know, I think everybody has a story where we done hit rock bottom and we know we got to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can you kind of go into, you know, as much as you want, your rock bottom when it came to your finances and then the little steps that you started to take, dropping some gems of how other people can get out their rock bottom as well? Oh, goodness. So the rock bottom that I can recall, which was the, the toughest, was when I became you know, a single parent. My kids mm-hmm. were seven months and 20 months. Um, oh, and so, right. yeah, super, super young. Um, and I was like, yeah, the, you know, saying that you could do bad all by yourself. Oh was my gosh. Like, yeah. I can do this bad by myself. Like I'm right. There's, there's no need for, for this to continue. So, um, I, I left and, but it was in a space of even before that, I, I never wanted to be on the system because I saw it so much with my mother. Like I remember right. the paper food stamps, the color. Mm-hmm. I used to think oh, yeah. it was like a yep. rainbow color. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember I found some food stamps in the back of a speaker you know, one time. I thought I was living large. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I got a hundred dollars in food stamps. Yeah. And so it was just this very awkward place because um, I was ABD. So I was working on my, my PhD mm-hmm. and um, I had defended <clears throat> one part. And so I was technically ABD at the time. And can you explain um, it in case our audience don't know what ABD is? Yes, it's all but dissertation. So um, I was in a doctoral program for educational administration um, here at in, UB, in, right? at UB. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you went to and, RIT, one of the most prestigious schools. Yes. RIT. Went to RIT, mm-hmm. college delegate, and then went to UB uh, straight through for uh, grad school. So um, 
finished my master's, almost finished the PhD, and then while I was working on the, the dissertation, um, got knocked up and, uh, <laughs> you know, had my first kid. And so I remember, like, we, we got laid off on the same day. And then I found out that I was pregnant with our second child four oh, hours later. <laughs> like, we laugh about it God. today. Yeah, today. Because uh, we have a pretty good relationship, <laughs> but it was not oh, fun then. Like, gosh. it was, like, the worst thing ever. So, um, like, oh, my gosh, like, what do we, you know, you just have all these different options and scenario, scenarios going through your head. Yeah. And you're like, you know, what are we going to do? Like, this is, this is crazy. So, um, yeah, and then also my mother got ran over by a car, um, was this a month before? A month after. Yeah. So when I say like, it was like the what bottom. The yeah, my mother got ran over by a car, saw her head literally split open in the hospital, like they were working on putting her, oh. her skull back together. Um, so Ruth. yeah, that was probably like oh, the all time low because around, um, I had to get on the system. And I remember okay. walking into, um, social services and filling out the budget sheet. Mm -hmm. And I only had a thousand dollars left and they were like denied. And I had waited the whole what? day, the whole day. I'll never forget that. I waited the whole day with this girl and I walked back out and I was like, oh my God, they denied me. I only have a thousand dollars. And she was like, girl, you don't know how to work the system. You can't say that you have. <laughs> so I was just like, what? So even though my mother was on welfare and the majority of um, the time that I was with her, she never taught me any of that. I was mm. still exposed to good stuff, mm. right? Okay. But I knew that we were on social services, but I never knew how to navigate the system. Okay. So um, I was that's kind of like, thing, I was like the bougiest <laughs> poor kid ever. It didn't make any sense. There's this one episode of French, Fresh Prince where like, they go back in time yeah. and they show like Hillary and Carlton and Ashley like when they were really little, and but they were poor. Yep. Like, you remember mm -hmm. that episode? Yep. And yep. so Hillary was like still bougie. And I was like, that's me she as a kid. Was. Like she was still bougie when they were poor. So yeah, so I, I just, I'd had no understanding of it. And I, I definitely learned the hard, hard way how to have to um, navigate certain things and mm -hmm. certain spaces. But um, yeah, I ended up having to, there was a time where it was like food stamps, WIC, and coupons, oh. <laughs> like, and I used all of it at the same Absolutely. time to try to get our stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you know, of course, that that also led to issues. And we know, it, I think it's the number three reason in the U.S. for divorces is finances. Mm -hmm. You got infidelity and communication is number one and two. So, um, you know, it's it's a big reason not just for divorces, but for relationship splitting as well. That right. was a huge issue for us. Like, we right. just were not making enough income and then from going in this space of I'm going to be Dr. Ruth to then going to I'm applying for food stamps. You talk about an ego oh. crusher. Like it, it was just it was a lot to deal with on top of having my first child and then having another one grow in me. Um, so um, navigating that space was was very difficult. Um, but I always knew how to manage my finances. Okay. I was always good with numbers. Um, at the time, I didn't understand. Stuff, no, I was just really good with math. And I remember okay. seeing my mom so broke that I was like, I'm never going to. It was me. I mm -hmm. went to every kind of college workshop that I could. Okay. Um, I would ask people like, you know, black people don't want to sell a business and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I, but I remember asking like some of my aunts, like, how did you get your house? It's none of your business. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I was shut down. Like anytime I tried to navigate and, you know, 
uh, how to build wealth, how to, you know, become a homeowner. Shut down by all family members. I wonder why Shut we down. do that yes. because that happens often, often I think, in, very often, especially in, in, in black households, you yeah. know, and this is just my rationale behind it. I just think that mm. when people get or attain a, a, their sense of wealth or like they, th that they made it, it's just like they just want to hold on to it, so you know. That that's true to an extent, but the other part is people don't want to say how they got the money. Sometimes yeah. people don't ah. want to, people don't want to go back in time and think about the struggle that they went through to get it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that you know their situations may not have been as mm. um, as much of an easy process, so they don't want to say mm. yeah. certain things. So, wow. you know, I learned later on after my grandmother passed away that the way my aunt got her house, it was like from the auction and it was like a really messed up house. And then they, two women, fixed it up together, okay. my grandmother and my aunt. So, mm. you know, it could have just been something that they just didn't want to talk about. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, people have their reasons for being like none of your business and you just, now I can kind of respect it. Um, um, but it definitely was a barrier to me trying to figure yeah. stuff out. But, you know, I attended as many um, workshops, workshops as I could, okay. you know, whenever mm -hmm. I and I'd I'd make like I was like so many people's daughter, you know, in college, like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to take you under my wing. Yeah. Great. Can you okay. show me how to do this? So, like, you know, I just I don't know. There were certain older women who just wanted to connect with me and they're like, I'll take you. And, you know, they they kind of show me the way, too. But um yeah, so I, I, but I've always been pretty good with money. I had like six jobs on campus. Uh, yeah, like I, I was not playing. I was not going to. <laughs> that's what they say, you know, like, what yeah, I was not. Half Indian, half Jamaican. This was college. This was okay. before the okay. black, okay. Before half kids. Indian, half Jamaican. Right. It's going to be three halves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But in a lot of, you know, when I was younger, when I was in college, they say like, oh, you're like that because you're Indian. And I'm like, you have no idea. First of all, I was raised by black people. Um, and I'm not like this because I'm Indian. Or, or they'll say, you know, you're smart because, you know, you got the Indian in you. That's why you're like that. I'm like, no, honey, like that's like not. That. Yeah. Like, and it'd on. be black people downplaying black people. Like, it, oh, it didn't make it. Crazy. That's yeah. nuts. So, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, that, that definitely wasn't the reason. If anything, I've learned more from black women than I have anybody else. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I always kind of knew, didn't know that credit was important, but I had always paid my bills on time. So I remember when I first checked my score, I was like, oh, I got a 720. And this was like at 21. Um, and I remember this guy that I was working with, he was like, you got a 720? And right. I had no clue whether that was good or bad. <laughs> right. He was like, oh my God, you got good credit. Like, da, da, da. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so I'd always been pretty, pretty good with that, with managing my money. Uh, but when we were in that space, oh my gosh, and then I forgot, we we were living in a one bedroom apartment, we had to turn the dining room into my daughter's bedroom. Um, and then oh. like, so by the time my son came, I had to give up all my money that I had saved to um, pay for six months of rent in another in a two bedroom townhouse. Uh, so, cause they weren't gonna let us move in unless I gave all six months yeah. up front. Mm. Oh, um, six months All six up months front? because we were still, we were unemployed. So they were like, you can't move yeah. in here. And I was like, please just Gosh. give me a six month lease and I'll give you six months of rent up front. Okay. And then, so what I would do instead of just saying like, hey, we're, we're good for six months, I would pay myself back each month to get ready for the next six months. Um, and then they, they just make me pay in bulk um, every time. Wow. So in between that process, I'm moving, um, have the baby like right after, have my son right after we um, end up moving in there. And then that's when I realized like me and their dad, I'm like, 
this is it's not going to work. Not going to work. Yep. <laughs> like you, you got it. You got to go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in, in that time, you know, all of that kind of stuff is going on. Um, but in the midst of it, he'd introduced me to one of his friend's mothers who um, owned a daycare. And I remember she, um, like her, her daycare was in like the inner city and she had like 16 kids. Um, and I remember she was like, hey, I wanna open up a daycare center. Um, how much would you um, want me to pay you? I want you to run it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know, like maybe like 52K. And this was back in 2010 or 11. Like maybe like 52K. And she was like, oh, okay, no problem. And so I was that like, easy. That easy? You could have you got more. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. You got played you? because right. you could have got more. Right. right, So I'm like, hold on. Like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. So I kind of started paying more attention to her daycare because I'm okay. like, there's something here that I'm not, I'm missing, right? Also, um, I did not know how expensive childcare was. Ooh, so I was wait. like, yes. I tried yep. to go back to my job after having my kids. This is before my daughter. Um, this is before we got laid off. And um, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll just put her in daycare. And it was like 200 bucks a week. And I'm like, yep. wait a minute, mm -hmm. hold on. Like I was only working part time and it was going to be the majority of my paycheck at the time. So I'm like, wait, so she is the daycare provider <laughs> and she's probably getting the 200. I started doing the numbers doing in the my math. head. Yep. And I'm like, wait a minute, this might be kind of <laughs> lucrative. So um, I looked into um, opening up a daycare. And so it literally was like going from being on the system to making like six figures. Like, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it really changed um, within a matter of months. I need and to then, open up a daycare. It, it's a, it's a very good business. <laughs> right, not it you. wouldn't be you. Yeah, <laughs> not you. But you know what? It allowed me the opportunity to get some space um, from my own kids because I was able to hire employees. Mm. Okay. So I had the, the daycare in my house, um, but um, I still had three employees at the time. So. Okay. Um, I was able to get a breather sometimes, but I did 24-7 care. So, oh, yeah, like, I was like, Jesus. I'm like, give me all the money yeah. that we did not get these last couple years making these kids. Like, oh, you know, I need, I need that stuff back. Let me run it back. So, um, so yeah, I did really well with the daycare, but um, it was really just to provide for my family. Right. Um, I've never been, like, a little kid kind of person mm -hmm. so um and, and we had a great time like i loved all the kids that i had how but many kids did you have up in there <sighs> like at the most 14 you still trying to do math yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah. all he's trying to do <laughs> <laughs> you already know yeah. i was capped at 10 and but um since it was like different shifts i think i had okay. like 14 total at the time i made it work and i learned Yo, a lot one. of i learned tons of important things about business from that too because the three employees i had i went back down to one because the profit margin wasn't there once you start having three and then mm -hmm. you have to look okay. at the age differences and the law requirements i'm like that's true some stuff you yep. get yeah yeah so um i learned how to how to get you know the the largest profit from, you know, what, what age groups and, and how many employees per set number of kids. So learned a bunch of lessons there. Um, and had a great time doing it, but once my kids were school age, it was a wrap. Mm. Like, I'm like, nope, let's, doing let's shut this down. Yep. Yeah. And, um, went on to other, you know, some other ventures and some did well and then some didn't. And mm. that's part of, um, entrepreneurship. So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah so let's talk about that real quick. You, you, like, just your journey, your personal journey into entrepreneurship. You know, obviously you started with the daycare, but then, you know, fast forward up until, like, the last, you know, what, eight years or so that you've been yeah. doing, uh, you know, this, fi- you know, financial literacy and helping people get their credit and coaching and things like that. So uh, what made you transition into into getting into that space? It So Alyssa Plan, which is um, the company I have now for credit and financial literacy, that company just kind of fell on me. It was never something that um, I saw myself doing. It literally was um, one of my friends was terrible at managing his finances. (laughs) He used to actually take his mail and um, just dump it in a firebox at a fireplace. And they just had this huge box (laughs) sitting in front of the fireplace. (laughs) And I remember going in his house and he checked the mail and he just threw the letters in the box. And I looked in the box and it was just filled with like all these letters. So um, just... And, and they were like retirement plan letters and oh, bills. And so, um, you know, he ended up telling me like, look, my wages are getting garnished. My credit score is in the 500s. Like he had just had a son. He's like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do all this stuff. So, um, you know, I just sat down with him and heard a story. And I remember just writing down a sheet of paper like, hey, just do it like this, you know, and I'm not thinking anything of it. And so his wages stopped getting garnished and he was able to set up, you know, like child support and informal child support payments for um, his son. And um, he was able to raise his credit score from the 500s to the 800s. And so um, when he put a before and after picture up, and he tagged me in it. My inbox was like, I bet, oh, I bet that, like oh, how? Because this is before like everybody wants to be a credit specialist right. now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So this is before all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody's like, "Yo, how do I do this?" I'm like, so my inbox was just flooded, and I was working full time. That was the only full time job I had ever had as an adult. I'd worked some part time jobs before, um, but I'd only worked that job for thirteen months, and. Um, the the side hustle it started as a side hustle did so well that I was like yeah deuces I'm I'm just gonna try my hand at this entrepreneurship thing again and see how it works because that's what I've you know typically always done mm-hmm. um, so from that you know I've been able to help thousands of people from that awesome. situation yeah. so I have a question it's 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 a trick that I heard that I've actually tried last year. Mm. They say that if you if you pay your bill fifteen days before the date and mm-hmm. then three days before the date, it's like mm-hmm. you made two payments and it it works. Like my credit score Do, is crazy. Is that a hack? So technically, yes, that's accurate. Um, but all you're doing actually, so if you go on a site like Credit Karma, right, and they say that your bill is due the sixteenth, if you pay your bill like five days before in full, it'll do the same thing. Okay, so, so yeah. you don't have to split it up into two payments as if. No. Okay, no. yeah, because no. it says something like, yeah, your, you know, your bank or whatever will see it as two payments. Okay, no, no. <laughs> just pay if you make the same payment just five days before, because you're you're looking to make the payment before it hits the credit bureau. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as you do it before the date that it says updated mm-hmm. on the, to the credit bureau, it's going to do the same thing. Another question: mm-hmm. When okay. Cause like I have student loans, so you know mm-hmm. I'm not even hitting my principal yet. Mm-hmm. But what is if if you know what is a trick or some sort of hack or something to where, like, how can how can I hit this principal at mm-hmm. some point so that I'm not paying like so much interest? Is it just is it just making extra payments or is there any other trick or hack to like hitting on a principal instead of just paying this interest? Only fans. Oh my gosh, student. <laughs> hey. <laughs> No judgment zone, okay? Because I've definitely thought about OnlyFans. I have. 
Okay. Okay. That's why I'm not saying that right now. Yeah. I've been thinking about that for years. Don't even try to get them feet going. I know. Yeah, I know people who've gotten paid from their feet. Yes, like you don't have to show stuff. You don't. I'm telling you, I've been I've been coming up with ideas, but your professional opinion. Uh, so student loans, there's, there's, that could be, you know, a, a show in itself. Um, so, you know, we're all on pause for the federal student loans right now until mm-hmm. August. Shout out to Joe. Uh, yeah, right. Um, hopefully, <laughs> you know, break. they'll win the, the Supreme Court decision and yes. we'll be able to have, um, you know, a good portion of those loans forgiven if you have over $20,000. Uh, but the way that I paid my student loans down, because I had 53000 that that. Oh, in yeah. debt. I need to talk to you. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, and I paid it down <laughs> to four and I'm really upset about that because oh. I paid it down. I paid most of it right before the pandemic hit. Uh, so, so it's right not within the, the I think I'll get like two grand back if, if um, I, actually, I think they're sending, they're sending payments in the mail now. I haven't checked my mail yet, so I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Yeah, when you get home. I might have that two grand <laughs> check. Yeah. Um, but I paid the majority of it right before the pandemic hit. Okay. It's like, just waited like two months. Um, so when I was making my payments, I would look at my unsubsidized and my subsidized. Mm-hmm. And forgive me because I always get mixed up which ones have the interest when you're in school and which ones don't. I think it's the um, subsidized. Subsidized have the interest. I it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the one, the loans that have the interest accumulating, no matter what, those are the loans that you're going to look at. Now, it's also going to depend on what your financial goals are. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because your oldest student loans, you want to leave there. So the four grand that oh. I have left, I actually wanted to purposely leave there. I mean, if Joe wants to wipe them away, go ahead. <laughs> but, um, you know, if they don't, I'm fine with that because those are some of my oldest accounts on my credit report. Gotcha. So I don't mind keeping that on okay. mm-hmm. um, and it's not going to do anything in terms of my debt to income ratio when it comes to um, you know a real estate portfolio or anything like that um, so you want to look at the difference between the unsubsidized and subsidized and then you want to pay your newest accounts off first okay mm. so the newest accounts that are accumulating the interest whether you're in school whether you're on deferment whether you're in forbearance you want to pay those loans off first um, and then you can like slowly climb the ladder and then go to um, the other portion of the loans. And, and again, forgive me, I can't remember whether it's unsubsidized or subsidized, mm-hmm. um, but you want to start with those newest accounts and then pay those off. So essentially you want to leave your oldest accounts on um, if they're not, if you're not in any forgiveness program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you always make your minimum payment, whatever that is, and you can get into um, an income-based repayment program even if you're making like a hundred thousand plus, um, you still could qualify if you have other things going on. Let's say if you have four dependents, um, if you're a head of household on your taxes, um, if your expenses are really high because they take into consideration income and expenses, you have to prove your income. They have not asked for uh, people to prove their expenses, right? So if your expenses are really high um, and and things kind of offset to where, you know, you're only going to have a little bit of money left in the bank, then um, there's a chance, there's a good chance that you'll qualify for a lower payment. So you'll make your minimum payment on time um, and then you set it up paying off the the newest accounts after that, whatever money you have left over. So that's what I was doing. I was just aggressively attacking um, my student loans and then I went after um, my mortgage and yeah. like. So if someone was to say in the world of, of credit score, mm. any, any sort of trick that many people may not know that can get them out of over a hump, 
instantly boost their credit scores. Yeah, like I mean, now they have so many little tools. Like they have Experian Boost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's what only, That's only gonna work. Yeah, it's only gonna yeah. work on Experian. Um, if you are renting. Ask if you're a landlord or property management company um, if they can report the rental payments. And there are companies that will report back to two years and they'll backdate it. Um, You want to look for a company that's on all three of the uh, credit Mm -hmm. uh, reporting agencies. So um, that way you're getting the payment history um, across the board. But this is why it's so important to pay your bills on time Mm -hmm. because you never know when something's going to help you. So for the people who during the pandemic were just like, I'm not going to pay, you know, and they Mm -hmm. thought that they were just, you know, they thought they were winning. Like, no, that was definitely going to come back and haunt you in many different ways. And so we're seeing the effects of that now with people not being able to get into new apartments and whole bunch of stuff happening. But, you know, if you did pay during the pandemic, then you can have that two year history um, you know, showing on your credit report, and that's going to give you the boost as well. Let me ask you something. What's, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Experian Boost, right, mm-hmm. and Experian, uh, because that was one of the things that you told me about, mm-hmm. you know, and that helped me get my, my credit score up. But when I went at the time and I go and I check my credit scores on Credit Karma, for example, mm-hmm. there's like a, there's a, there's like a 60 yeah. point difference. Yeah, like, Credit Karma uses a Vantage score system. A lot of people think that Credit Karma is fake. It's not fake. Mm. They use a different scoring system. However, when you look into the actual factors of what they're reporting, they're reporting from TransUnion and Equifax. So the the factors, your payment history, your credit card utilization, your age of credit history, those are all accurate. So I always tell people, if you're going to look at Credit Karma, don't pay so much attention to the score Mm -hmm. versus the actual factors that you need to work on. Okay. Mm, got it. So um, lenders look at uh, FICO. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because I was like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I know it, it can't be this. <laughs> this, this, this the, the, the difference between the two, it was it like is. almost like night and day. It right? is. It's almost like, yeah. like if you're on like a weight loss journey, right? And you're trying to look at the scale like every single day. Like, yeah, don't, don't pay don't, attention to the scale. Don't pay okay. attention to the, the scale actual ain't number. Damn it. I'm, I know right. I've been working out. How did I gain weight? Yeah, just make sure that you're consistent (laughs) and you're doing the things with your body that you need to. It's the same thing with your finances. Okay. 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 No, because, uh, you know, these things, you you said a lot of things that, I know, again, they helped me out tremendously. Um, I was able to get, at the time, it was a company called Rental Karma. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was living in my apartment, you know, I was able to get my my rent, my on-time payment for my rent reported to my credit report. Oh, nice. Okay. And, you know, that helped boost my score. Mm -hmm having something like Experian Boost. Um, and when I was able to connect all of my, my accounts um, to my Experian account and they saw like the, the on-time payment histories, that was able to, you know, mm-hmm. it was all these little contributing factors. And then at the time I couldn't even, listen, I was barely able to get a secured credit card. You know what I mean? Like a $250 secured credit card, you know, but, so, but I got it. I got it and I was making pay. I was like purchasing stuff, like little, little small payments, paying the stuff off on time. That was able to boost my thing up. You know, yeah. now it's- I'm on that Amex though. <laughs> 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 I'm on that Amex platinum now, you know, 
but <laughs> are those are those good? The 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 secure cards that he's talking about is that something people can do to help with their credit scores as well? Yeah. So if you're not able to get um, an unsecured credit card, you can get a secured credit card. And for those who don't know, a secured credit card are they're the cards that you actually put the money, money on. on. So um, typically they require a minimum of a two hundred dollar limit, and you would put two hundred dollars on the card. Um, typically they have an annual fee, so you want to make sure that you're paying that within the first billing cycle, and then um, you just want to use it properly and make sure that you are paying it on time. So you're not using that card to um, book a hotel or for a mm-hmm. rental car. It, it's not for that purpose because what's going to happen is you're going to max out the card and then that can lower your score as well. And you you typically do not have a high limit unless you're going to put down $10,000 on a secure credit card, which I don't recommend. Yeah. Um, so you use it until you're in a position to get an unsecured credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'd be your choice depending on how long of a time, um, you know, if you're able to just use a secured credit card for six months, clean up your credit and then um, get an unsecured credit card, then you can go ahead and close out the the secured secure. credit card. And that's important too, because like you said, you don't want to use that secured credit card for any large purchases because again, to the point of maxing it out, you're not really supposed to be using more than 30% of your, of your, your utilization. Right. Nine. Right? Nine now? It's always been nine. Is it? See, it's, it's see, where, that's, that's what people get messed up. Okay, so that's I need yeah. to I need to go pay up some, some of this credit card debt. So I thirty was is fine. Thirty is fine, right? But it, oh, again, it, depends, it it all depends on what you're trying to do with your credit too. Right. Okay. So we could look at this in terms of credit scores. We could look at this in terms of just throwing your money down the toilet on interest rates. Right. Like if you have the money to pay off the credit cards, pay off the credit cards, and that way your utilization will be zero. Um, unless you're trying to do something else strategic, which is for another show. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, typically, I tell people to stay under nine percent because that way, if you're in a situation where you have to get um, a new vehicle or you want to refinance the lower that utilization rate is going to help your score out. Right. And it's also going to be favorable to lenders because they're going to say, hey, that they she's really using this responsibly and not um, maxing out the card. So I tell people stick under under 10. Under 10%. Wow. wow. Okay, no, well, that's good to know. And I'll before we, we wrap up, the one thing that I want our audience to go back to, because a lot of the things that you have to do, Ruth, you have to do on your own. You know, your family didn't really help yes. you. And two things that you said that stood out when you have to do it on your own, you said you went to college workshops. Mm-hmm. So there's workshops out there that yes. you guys can go to. Please find them in your area. And also relationship building. Yes. You said a lot of people took you under their wing. So I want them to know that as well. If they have to do it on their own, there there's ways to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. But that relationship building part is through transparency. I was never really... Im- I don't remember any time um, as an adult or an older teenager, once I got to college, um, being embarrassed about being in foster care. So um, I was able to always share my story with people. And in doing that, people were like, you went through that and you made it here? Like, yeah. and you got a full ride here? Like, hold on. Like, I'll I'll help you out. So, um, yeah, be, be open about where you are. And um, people be surprised who'd be willing to help help you yeah and close mouths don't get fed out here that's right you know so yeah. Ruth, this has been information informational is that yeah. what i want to say that's yes say. informative <laughs> informative <laughs> informative and yeah. shocking <laughs> with this nine percent but okay yeah. but no, no thank, thank you, you. Nah, this was yeah. amazing uh you know Man. obviously we talked about earlier mm. your business your coaching program mm-hmm. you're still helping people people wanted to get their credit right 
you know, they needed, they wanted to connect with you. Just learning more about how they need to be a little bit more responsible from a financial literacy perspective. Yeah. What's the best way for people to, to connect with you? So you can email me at info at alissaplan.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-P-L-A-N.com. Or you can visit the website, www.alissaplan.com. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be on this 9% on for the rest of the night. I'm gonna have to, uh, <laughs> I need to go pay off some of these credit like, cards. Oh, like, my what? God. <laughs> I need to pay off some of these credit cards. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm all right. Though. I think I'll be okay. I, I think, think you I'll, will. I think I'll be Your okay. Amex card. Yeah, you know, <laughs> humble flex. You know, <laughs> humble flex. You got the platinum one? I do have the platinum all one. All right. Absolutely. You just had to have him say that, too. Have, you just you had to have him say that. Black card coming next. Black card is coming next. Listen. <laughs> Good for you, Jamil. But no, thank you. Thank you for just all yes. the information. Thank, thank you just, you. just thank being you. a dope individual, you know. Oh. I appreciate our friendship and our <laughs> relationship and all that you're doing for people out here. And like you're literally changing lives out here. Absolutely. So thank you. So thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, change so. somebody's mindset and then it's easier to change their finances. So. There you go. There you go. You drop good. the mic right there, y'all. So well. thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of We Are The Ones Podcast. Make sure you follow us on all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Audible. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Make sure that you comment. We love this love that y'all have been you know, y'all been, oh my God. Y'all been on it. Y'all been, been on, on it. it. Thank y'all been you. on it with the comments, the shares, and everything. Text messages, everything. On YouTube, everything. social media, <laughs> and everything. So thank y'all so much for tuning in and rocking with us each and every week. Um, we're excited to be back. Again, we have some phenomenal guests lined up uh, for this season. We got some big plans outside of the podcast as yes, well. Yes, we do. Listen, season two gonna, this season is about to be, be a good season. A good season this is going to be a good season. I promise y'all it's about to be a good season. So we appreciate y'all for that. And remember, keep winning on purpose because you are the one we've been waiting for.